Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to season three of Gotham Coach. Who would have thought this show would be three seasons deep talking sneakers and basketball while expressing their occasional dislike for UPS? Well, if you were one of those people who didn't believe in the hype, the fine folks from the exclusive breakdown would like to speak to you from the heart. Fuck you. Now, here's your host, Tyrone Smith. Yo. Yeah. Yo. Hey. Back in the building, man. Back on this grind, grind. And um, look, the excuses are there. There's so many excuses that I can use, and I shall use, or I will use, but I'm not gonna use. This isn't the this isn't the time for excuses right now. I, I don't even want to hit y'all with no excuses, man. But look, it's been a lot going on. I can't even lie to you. I cannot tell a lie. It's been a lot going on. It is what it is. That's that's the that's the part. That's the that's the part of the grind that y'all don't understand, man. Because behind all of the glitz and the glamour of putting together these episodes and all this other stuff, it's it's still real life going on. It's still things that's going on in the real world that has to be taken care of. It's nothing against nobody. I'm not I'm not doing this because um of whatever reason or I'm not doing this because of whatever reason. At the end of the day, when you when you on it, you gotta really be on it. You gotta really be on different avenues and different aspects of what you what it is that you're trying to do. And that's where I'm at. So it ain't nothing ill will and nothing personal towards nobody. I don't want y'all to feel like I'm I'm abandoning my folks. This is my baby, man. I've been I've been at this for three years now, going on three years. Getting ready to celebrate the third year of the show in about a couple weeks. Matter of fact, in March, getting ready to celebrate the third year of existence. And the show has grown so much from episode one to season three. Even though this is what the fourth episode of season three, man. It is what it is. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be more consistent. Uh, I got a. I got a board now. I think I've been had the board. So we're not gonna talk about the board because I've already had the board. I think I talked about the board and having things on the board. But that's what it is. That's what it is. But look, I'm gonna tell y'all why. Y'all getting this episode ten days late. What is it? Twenty eighth. Yes, it is the twenty eighth. I'm gonna tell y'all why y'all getting this episode ten days. 10 plus days late. Nah, I can't even come up with no legitimate reason as to why y'all getting this so late. It just happened, man. I, I had to, I had the urge to do it and I tried to do it late and my body was just like, nope, nope. And what, when I was hearing myself, when I was, when I was recording it, I'm like, man, this ain't the same energy I normally give off. If I'm not giving all good energy, I'm just not going to do the episode. That's just what it is. And I was just like, you know what? No, we're going to try it again, man. We're going to try it again. And, and again, didn't come again until now. <laughs> so this is where we at, man. And this is this is where we need to be. We need to be on another on a whole nother level. But I mean, I'll take what I can. I'll take what I can do. So 
to make up for it, I'm, I'm gonna have a lot of episodes. I got a lot of different ones I gotta put together because I gotta, I gotta catch myself up. I gotta catch myself up with these episodes to meet my my objective quota of episodes for the year before we can go ahead and we can ride it out, grind out for season four and get ready to do things for season four. We way off the mark. We in February and I ain't nowhere near where I need to be. A lot of that was because of things that I couldn't control. Part of it now is because of things that I could have done better and I didn't do better. Man, I'm going to work on getting better at that. Look, it's all a process, man. So y'all got to y'all gotta trust the process with me. And I know y'all trust the process with me. I know y'all rock out with me. And I know y'all support me in any way, shape, or form, or fashion that y'all possibly can. So we just going to continue to make it happen. But um, 10 days, man. It's been a lot going on since I last been on the mic, man. Look. I, I I I experienced I, I I experienced the last of the Mohican, Mohicans, man. The last of the Mohicans. For those who don't know, my last episode I talked about attending the Pistons Suns game on February the fifth, and I attended that game and I had a very good time watching two trash teams play. <laughs> Shout out to my Phoenix Suns, man. Uh, They're going to get it together. Matter of fact, they're playing right now as I speak. They're playing in Phoenix, the Phoenix and the Pistons. And this game is going to be a lot of, lot different because a lot of things has transpired to where the Pistons aren't the same team anymore. They're not the same team that led the team that I saw beat up on my Phoenix Suns. You know the most embarrassing thing about being at that game? I mean, I'm a Suns fan, right? They gave us these these the the sticks that you bang when you, the opposing team is at the free throw line, and they got me up on the jumbo try, and I had to beat the sticks. I had to beat the sticks on my Phoenix Suns. Pause. Big pause. Not what you think, but it was it was like wow, that was crazy. But um, I had a great time, man. I had a great time at the game. It was a it was a great experience. It was a they were celebrating the Chinese New Year's. So I wore my Chinese New Year's J's. Had no idea that what was going on. I just figured I'd throw them joints on and people act like they never seen them before. Go to Foot Locker, man. Foot Action. They got a bunch of them. You can get a pair. You can get two pair. Don't, don't, don't look at mine and think my shoes is the exclusive. They not the exclusives. I mean, they're exclusive because I got them on, but you can definitely go pick you up a pair, man. You ain't got to. Oh, man, I ain't never seen them before. Like, when was the last time you went to Foot Locker, bro? <laughs> but that Pistons Suns game, the last, that was the last game of Andre Drummond. Man, I never would have thought that we would have been saying goodbye to the music mogul rebounding machine that is Andre Drummond. I got a snippet of his video. That's why the man. That's why it's his music. His music has an effect. No, just play it. I never stopping nobody from getting their side hustles on. If you got the ability to make it happen, baby, make it happen. But on a serious note, I watched Andre Drummond put up 31-19 on Phoenix, man. Like he was really killing the Suns. But DeAndre Ayton had a good game too. It was like two old dinosaurs fighting in the prehistoric times to see whose bones was going to be fossilized and found by dinosaur historians hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years later. It was a, it was a good battle. It was a good battle watching Dre and watching Reggie Jackson hit down, make make shots and all this other stuff. It was it was great. It was great. I left. I left Little Caesars Arena, a.k.a. the Pizza Dome. I left there knowing that, yes, the Pistons are going to be trash. No, they're not going to make the playoffs. But they had a great game. They put on a great show. And then I go to sleep and I wake up the next day on February the 6th, which also happens to be my grandmother's birthday. Happy birthday, Granny. You know, I never forget about you. Never forget about you. And I wake up and across my television screen, 
says that Andre Drummond has been traded. And my thoughts were say, what? I hit the story on him. It was unbelievable. I never would have thought that this would be an event. Like, it was talked about. But it actually happened. Like, it legit actually happened. And I was just, I never would have thought in a million years that this would be the case. So, I'm trying to find as much information as I possibly can about it. Because you just don't know. My first thought was, okay, maybe it was an Andre Kevin Love swipe. And I'm like, that doesn't make no sense for Detroit. They already got 30 plus million investing in Blake Griffin. They don't want to put another 30 plus million in 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 Kevin Love to injure power forwards who probably never see the floor together. That doesn't make sense. Who could the Pistons have possibly gotten for Andre Aloysius Drummond? I'm pretty sure that ain't his middle name. That was the first name that came in my mind. Who could they have gotten for Trey? And then the Reports started to circulate. The Pistons got Branding Knight and John Henson in a second round pick for Andre Drummond. And my jaw just dropped. It dropped like never in a million years. I, I felt so bad for Andre Drummond to know that you basically got traded for the laughing stock of the league. John Henson and a second round pick that's probably not going to manifest into anything great. And it's like you just you, you you you're just so shocked and you just didn't know what to say. You didn't know how to feel about it, you know? But then I really started to analyze it. And that's that's one thing that you can't do as as a fan. You like what? How could they? Like that's that's the most ridiculous trade I've ever heard of my in my life, and that's so that's the mood I was on. I'm like, this trade is ridiculous. Like, how could this even be a thing? You know what I'm saying? And then I really I really started to analyze it. Like I really got down to the gristle of the trade, and I really wanted to know. Like the pros and the cons of it for the Pistons and the Cavs, and then I'm like, you know what? Let me, let me really, let me really look at this. Let me really look at this trade for the Pistons. And what I found out in, in in doing my analysis of it, I'm like, you know what? This is a believe it or not, this is a great trade for the Pistons. And I know y'all probably listening right now. You saying to yourself, how in the heck is this a great trade for the Pistons? Well, let me tell you why this is a great trade for the Pistons. Look, last year, before this year, last year, we got a a, a predominant big three. We knew coming into that. We knew coming into the last season, the what would that be? The 18, 19 season. We knew coming into that season, there was a lot of talk about the Pistons doing great things because they had not yet seen a full, a legit amount of games with Dre, Reggie Jackson, and Blake Griffin. You got bits and pieces of it during the year, and I think they had a winning record when all three of them played together. So coming into the year, Reggie was healthy. Blake was feeling the best he's felt in a long time. Andre was healthy. It, it was a feeling of, okay, this is all going to do some, some very good things. They went 41 to 41, barely squeaking into the playoffs, and then they got swept by the Bucks. Blake Griffin ended up getting hurt and all that other stuff, right? So this season, you come in, you come in kind of with the same core. You add a couple pieces. You bring in Derrick Rose. You bring in Markeith Morris. You bring in the Tim Frazier, and the expectations is kind of it's it's not high like you're gonna be like one of the top four seeds, but you're you're gonna be snugged in that maybe that seventh or eighth playoff seed, and it just doesn't go the way you struggle. Reggie Jackson end up getting hurt. He just recently came back, and Andre Drummond his his development. He's putting up numbers, but it's not like those are numbers that are like winning games because they're still 10 plus games under 500. But Griffin is hurt out, is hurt. He's out indefinitely. 
So it's just like you look at the squad. The squad was built to to be a contender in the Eastern Conference because the Eastern Conference had no true legitimate team that you could look at and say, okay, that's the squad. That's the team that we got to worry about. Like you really when you looked at it, anybody from the East could have made the champion, could have made the championship game, could have made the finals. The Celtics could have made it. The Bucks could have made it. The Raptors ended up making it, but you could have seen a situation where they didn't make it. The 76ers could have made it. Like it, it's open. It was open for any team in the East to come out. And I think Indiana maybe had a legitimate chance. Like, like it was really like that. So when you look at those factors, it was it would you understand why the Pistons kept the squad the way it was because they felt maybe they had a chance. But here's what happened: the Bucks got better. They're young. They they added pieces around Giannis, great pieces around Giannis that's gonna help Giannis flourish in his game and and open up different avenues for his game in terms of playmaking and other things of that nature. Toronto without Kawhi got better because Pascal Siakam decided that he wanted to be the primary option on the team. The the early season question mark that I had with Kyle Lowry and Van Fleet starting at your two guards, I figured they didn't have enough size to contend with the with the maybe some of the other teams that start bigger guards. Shut me up because Van Vliet is out there balling. Kyle Lowry is out there balling, was just an all-star. Indiana's doing well. Demonis Sabonis is really coming to his own. You add TJ Warren. Miles Turner plays well. Malcolm Brogdon has been a great addition. Philly. Philly has its issues with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. One seems to play better without the other. Tobias Harris is kind of stuck within the notion of the team. You're not really seeing the full unleashed Tobias Harris. They're kind of top heavy. Uh, their bench isn't really something to really write home about even with the additions that we're going to talk about a little later I'm going to talk about some of the trades because I ain't been able to talk about trades because I've been away for so long so we're going to get into that but teams in the east are really starting to it's, it's the, the east is really really deep now way more deeper than what you may have known it to be and then you got to look at maybe the, like the bottom teams. Look, personally, me personally speaking, I didn't think Miami was going to be as good as that was. I just didn't see Jimmy Butler being able to do it by himself. But then you have Bam Adebayo who comes and he starts to flourish. Kendrick Nunn is, is flourishing. Duncan Robinson is flourishing. They got a lot of nice, solid pieces that they built, that they put around him. And he's elevating those guys to play very, very well. And they're one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Orlando is still doing their thing. Uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn is a team that a lot of teams may have looked at and said that there wasn't going to be a squad that you could really look at and say that they're going to be one of the elites because the fact that KD is out and you look at Kyrie, you didn't know how Kyrie was going to flourish as being the, the main guy on the squad. But Brooklyn... It's in the hunt. It probably, it's probably going to stay that way because you got to look at the bottom teams. You got to look at the Wizards. You know, I don't think the Wizards are going to get in, even though Bradley Bill is playing out of his mind. And I still don't understand why he wasn't an all-star. Chicago isn't going to get there. Detroit, pretty much, like I said, and they pretty much giving up. I think that they understand for them to be where they want to be. They just got to re- They got to they gotta start this over. They got to build this up from scratch. They got to they gotta scrap all the metal. And, and, and just try to start over so when you look at that aspect of the trade i like what they did because andre Drummond is basically in control here he has control over everything because his last his next year is a player option meaning that he can opt in and there's talk that he is going to opt in with cleveland and if you feel like he's not a guy that you can build a team around, then get him out of here, coach. Get him out of here. And that's exactly what they did. Now, I don't like the return. But then again, you have to really look at it and you get it to get two expiring contracts to come off the books. Brandon Knight, John Henson, they're not going to be on the team. 
you're pretty much conceding the season. You're saying that you know we're not good enough to be able to contend for anything in the playoffs. So you're you're kind of re- you're saying you know we're giving up on the season, which I mean is a good thing. And I just a lot of people don't like it, but I feel like it was the it was the only move that they could have made. And if they were going to get any anything legitimate for him, then they they would have been got it for him when his when his market was a little more heavy. Like after Blake had that big season, I felt like that was the time to trade him because Blake hasn't shown the consistency consistency of being healthy. And when you don't show consistencies of that, and you have it for the first time, you can't rely on that one time. That was a fluke. You know how many flukes there are in the world, man? It just it just happens like that. It was a fluke. And that's what it was. And now he's paying the price. He's hurt. And he's out of there. So, if you're a Detroit fan, man, don't look at this Andres Drummond trade as like uh, the worst thing ever. Think about the future. Think about the future. When you know how when you get in a fight, when you in a fight and it's a whole bunch of kids, like if your kids there and like like your your baby your baby mama's boyfriend pop up on you or something like that, and you with the children, and now you want to fight the, the the baby daddy want to fight you because you there with the children or whatever the case may be, and y'all going back and forth, back and forth, and somebody else think of the children. That's what you gotta do. You gotta think of the think of the long term success of the Pistons. Don't think of right now, because I'm gonna jump in with somebody that you were you weren't gonna win with. You weren't gonna win with the the front court of Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. You've seen that with DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. They were they didn't win, and that's what that is, man. You got sometimes you just gotta. You gotta bite the bullet, and you just gotta accept the consequences of things that that of, 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 of your actions. You might not want to, but you got to, and that's where the Pistons are. So I like the trade. I think they did absolutely well with that part. Reggie Jackson. I watched him, and he balled out. He balled out. Now he's not there anymore. He was bought out, and he goes to the Clippers. He always wanted to play with Paul George. Great, interesting. I don't know. We'll get more into the the buyout, the people who the the players who were bought out, and the teams that they went to. We'll get into that a little later. But I I just wanted to share with my my Detroit fans, being a native from the D, I understand your pain, but don't look at it as the the worst thing ever. Still go to Pistons games. Lakers are going to be there. The Warriors are going to be there. The Rockets are going to be there. Uh, there, There's a lot of good teams that are going to be there. You can go there and you can support your team. Get destroyed by the other team. It's still hope for the Pistons. They They have nice, solid pieces. They have some nice, solid pieces. Christian Wood is gonna be a nice player. Bruce Brown is a utility knife that I like to I like to call my all-around players. I can do it all: score, rebound, pass, defend. He's a utility knife. You 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 have pieces that you can build upon. You got to see what you got with Kyrie Thomas. You got to see what you got with Boone. You got to see what you got with your young guards. But overall, there's still pieces there. There there there's something to look forward. Look forward to it. So just look forward to it, man. And uh it's gonna work itself out. It's gonna work itself out. Now let's get into this episode, but y'all already know before we get into this episode, I gotta hit y'all with a freestyle. So let's go ahead and hit the music, please. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, your boy back in the building, man. Where you go? They told the island Rodriguez Jenkins. Huh? Yeah. Uh. Here we go. Uh. Yeah. Yo. Here we go. Uh. It's February. Huh? Next month is March. At the March, it's gonna be April Fools. After April. 
then we go to May. Yeah. Then after May, we hit June. Summer. Then we go to July, cause that's my month. Hot. I'm gonna be 31 in July. Oh, golly, I am so freaking old. I just said that. How do I go through life going old? Uh -huh. I got gray hairs going in my beard, man. Uh -huh. My wave still spinning like a racetrack, man. <laughs> and I don't have no other choice uh -huh. but to look good. Cause I look good uh, And you just don't understand my looks, man uh, I be all over looking good, man uh, Oh my God, this is so conceited, man whoa. We go in this track before I go over, man Goodbye The Bio Market MKG signs with the Mavericks Solid move for Dallas They need more wing players they need more players when you consider the fact that they got to play like LeBron in the 80s and the, the, the guards over there in Denver and Houston with Harden and Westbrook. They need all the perimeter guys that they can get. So I like this move for the Mavericks. Now don't look for offense from Michael Kidd, Chris, because he's not going to give you that much. But in terms of being a leader and a defensive perimeter, defensive Star Wars, I will li I like this move for Dallas. It's a solid move. I give Dallas a B grade for acquiring Michael K. Good Gilchrist. <laughs> Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I give him a B. Let's move on. The Rockets add to the forwards with Jeff Green and Damari Carroll. Now these are guys, perimeter defenders who can shoot the three, who fits Mike D'Antoni's system. Look, I wasn't a big fan of them trading Clint Capella because I felt that they needed another big man. But at the same time, you got to look at the fact that these cats are out there hooping, hooping. Like they really, really hooping with this squad that they have out here, man. And when you hooping... And who, who, who are we to say anything about what your squad is? If you, if you out there playing, if the team is out there playing, they're buying into your system, then hey, more kudos to you. Now, initially, I gave this move a D, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it a C plus because you know what? Houston balling right now, and these two guys fit exactly what it is that they want to do offensively, and I'm sure they yeah, exactly what they want to do defensively. Next, Marvin Williams joins the Bucks. Now this is a very solid move by Milwaukee. You get them, you get Marvin Williams on this team. You pair him up with the guys off the bench. You give Giannis a break from time to time. He's a very solid three and D guy, a veteran leader, another leader in that locker room, a guy who hasn't had much success in terms of playoffs. So I'm pretty sure this move to Milwaukee is going to get him in a position where he's going to want to really ball out. I give this move an A. Next, Reggie Jackson goes to the Clippers. Now, I've been watching Reggie Jackson for about three plus years. I've been watching him ever since he signed that big contract with the Pistons. And I've always felt that other guards that come in, that the team just flows better when other guards on the floor compared to Reggie Jackson. I feel like if Smith was a better option as a starting point guard than Reggie Jackson. I feel Derrick Rose is a better option as a starting point guard than Reggie Jackson. Now, Reggie Jackson is going to go to a team where Patrick Beverly is the starting point guard and he's going to be a part of that second unit. Here's what worries me. Reggie Jackson likes to shoot that ball. He's a ball-dominant guard. You got another ball-dominant guard coming off that bench by the name of Lou Williams. And then you have another guy who likes to put up his shots in Montrez Harrell. Three guys who like to shoot the ball. One ball. I don't know about this one. But it gives them an interesting dynamic at that point guard position that they did not have. Which is Patrick Beverly in terms of actually shooting the ball and being able to make a consistent shot so i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna give this move a c plus next markeith morris to the la lakers 
Marquis Morris is wouldn't say he's like his brother. I mean, they have the same skill set. They play the same game in a sense. But I think Marcus Morris has more oomph in his game compared to Marquis. And that's not taking away from Marquis. Because he's going to be a solid player for the Lakers. He gives them an option at center that can stretch him out to the three-point line. Something that they cannot get with JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. And that would probably allow Anthony Davis to probably play in the post a little more, get a little more easy buckets when he's out there with them. He adds another dynamic to the Lakers squad that I feel that they need. And they need another option coming up that bench because Kyle Kuzma simply isn't going to be enough. If you count on LeBron, I think even though LeBron and AD can do it, put up 25, 30 plus points to lead their team to victory, and you can get your 15, 16 from Kyle Kuzma. But you're going to need another guy that's going to be able to put the ball in the hole. And this is exactly what they get with Marquise Moore. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give this move a B. What else we got on tap? What's next for Bookie Cousins after being waived by the Lakers? You feel so sorry for the Marquise Cousins, right? I mean, this man has really been through a lot. I mean, after the, the freak injury when he was with New Orleans, he was playing MVP-type ball. He signs with the Golden State Warriors, and, he, and he's obviously not looking like himself, even the minute that he shouldn't have played during the finals, maybe not during the season at all. Signs a contract with the Lakers, expected to be a big-time piece for the Lakers, and injures himself during the summer, and he sits. And now he's being waived to make room for Marquise Morris. You have to wonder what exactly is next for DeMarcus. I see him being a Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is now a guy who can be a, a spark player off of the bench. Unfortunately, I feel this is what DeMarcus Cousins can and will be now. His game, even though he has more of a low post game, he can shoot the three. So I wouldn't say that the, the, the New style of the league has passed him up because I feel he could fit within that style. But you gotta look at it, man. Those injuries, those are two catastrophic injuries. And it's gonna take a lot of mobility and a lot of different aspects of his game athletically that he has. He's not gonna have that no more because of these injuries. And I just don't see a team ponying up some legit money for him to be a guy on the squad and you just don't you just don't know how consistently healthy he's going to stay going forward so it's going to be interesting to see what it, what it comes to this summer there's talk that maybe he will sign a contract back with the lakers um but i think his 20 plus million dollar days i think those days are unfortunately over unfortunately Low management after minnesota has found $25,000 for sitting d'angelo russell now there's been this big talk about low management and shit teams do it and, and all this all this crazy talk that I feel like I feel the talk is unwarranted. And I wanna come at y'all from different perspectives on this. I wanna give y'all a team perspective of why they rest their players and I wanna give y'all a perspective of the league and why they don't want teams to rest their players and why they want players to play. So let me go ahead and let me give y'all the team perspective first. The teams. I think for the teams, man, you got to look at the money that you're investing in these players, right? These players are making 20, 30, 40 million dollars, right? And you don't want to tax them to the point to where they could get hurt and you're not going to get them at all. Blake Griffin is a perfect example. And I talked about him at the beginning of the show. Blake Griffin played his butt off that he had one full season for Detroit. And you see exactly where that got him. Bad knees, and he's sitting out. So if you can rest your guys, if you can if you can take a game or two off and, and rest them, if you're playing a, a team that's not on your level and you know you can beat them with the with the third stringers and the G leaguers, then you're gonna rest your you're gonna rest your guys at the end of the day. That's what it's all gonna come down to. So, from a team perspective, if if 
if I'm comfortably leading my division and I gotta play the Golden State Warriors, then of course I'm gonna wanna rest my players because I don't wanna risk LeBron coming up with a torn ACL. I don't wanna miss I don't wanna risk A D coming up with a with a with an injury or something catastrophic to my core players just because this game is on TNT or this game is on ABC. Well, forget that game. Forget the nationally televised aspect of it. What's more important for the league, for the owners, is the revenue that you get from the TV deals. The TV deals are what's paying you and, and all that other stuff. I understand that. But as a franchise, if I'm, if I'm playing for championship and I want to win a championship, I don't care about playing my guys during the nationally televised game. If I feel like I want to rest my guys to, to keep him healthy and, 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 and refresh for that playoff run, I'm going to rest my guys. Now, I understand the Minnesota's aspect because they're not, I mean, I don't know how far they're out in the whole playoff race in the West, but I'm pretty sure that they're, they're, they're comfortably out. They've been losing for a minute. So I don't know why they did that for D-Lo, but I mean, D-Lo was having injury problems in Golden State. He was he was sitting out games in Golden State because he was he was hurt. So you just acquired him and he's a part of your long-term future. You definitely gonna want to protect him. And I think that's what these teams are doing. They're protecting their investment. They're 30, 40 million dollar investments. Let's get into the league's perspective. The for the league is all about money. It's all about money. Money in the fans. Because the fans are paying to see certain players. And when they don't see those players, I mean, it makes them feel away. So if you got NBA League Pass, or if you really want to see your favorite player, go watch them on League Pass. But fans in, in, in the league have to understand, man, if they get hurt, if a, if a certain player get hurt, that hurts the overall value of the league. Like when LeBron didn't make the playoffs, it hurt the playoff. It hurt the playoff ratings because nobody wanted to watch the playoffs because LeBron wasn't there. It's all about money, though. At the end of the day, for the league, and you gotta understand. I mean, billion dollar company, they they they, they hemorrhaging about four hundred million dollars from the from the uh, Daryl Morley comments. I mean, so. You know, they trying to get that bread back. But at the same time, man, you can't find teams who want to look out for their investments. Them very expensive investments. It look great. It's not worth it. John Beeline resigns from the Cleveland Cavaliers. J.B. Bickerstaff to take over on an interim basis. Now this one, this one kind of shocked me. It, 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 it shocked me because of the the reasoning why this happened. John Beeline resigned from the Cleveland Cavaliers. J.D. Bickerstaff is taking over the reins for the team. There's been a lot of different, a lot of talk about why Beeline retired. There's a lot of players on the team that felt that he wasn't ready for the NBA style of coaching and he was more of a college coach where you can yell at players and do all the other stuff that you can get away with college and you couldn't you can't necessarily get get away with it in the league and i can understand that i can understand that because basketball players are privileged basketball players are privileged you gotta think about it when you play aau you get you get everything you want you know high school you're the best player you get everything you want six months that they in college they get everything they want they ain't got to do no school work no nothing you get millions of dollars and you, you you're privileged you you are on top of the food chain so when somebody tells you that you got to do something if somebody tells you to work on your fundamentals because your fundamentals are trash yeah you're gonna feel some type of way but for the cavaliers who are 17 and 41 and as I am recording right now, they are getting smacked by the New Orleans Pelicans, 115-99. You mean to tell me that you didn't want your coach there because he wanted to work on your fundamentals? Now, the practicing on Christmas, I mean, look, 
you got to get all the advantage you can. And it's only for a couple hours. Maybe you schedule an afternoon practice. Let everybody get the gifts in with the kids. And you, you, you practice for a couple hours. You come back and you be with your family. But if you are 17 and 41 and you talking about practice, maybe Beeline was too good to be a coach for that team because I just can't see them wanting to let him go because he wanted to work on the fundamentals. They're fundamentals. You're trash. Obviously, what you've been doing isn't working for you. So when somebody wants to come in and want to tweak some things because he feels that those tweaks will help you win games, let the man do what he has to do. You don't go behind the back and let the people know that we don't want him. Look, Dre, if you if you was the reasoning behind Beeline being resigned, basically giving the front office an ultimatum, ownership ultimatum that says, if he's here, I'm gone. What have you done in this league to make somebody make somebody pick between you or the coach? Now, the coach ain't doing nothing in the league either. But the coach has a proven success rate at the college level. I'm pretty sure at the high school level, he's proven. All he needed was a little time, and 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 he could have he could have got the players to acclimate and and kind of seeing what where they needed to be better at. But Andre, you've been in the league eight, nine, eight years. You've been to the playoffs twice. You are on an eight-game playoff losing streak, and you have the the, the the nerve, the nerve to give the Cavaliers an ultimatum. They didn't give up nothing to get you, and the only reason you're there is because it was a fire sale for the Pistons, and nobody else wanted to give up legitimate assets for you because they felt that you were going to walk away. Or overall felt like you may have not been worth it considering the style of play that the NBA has come down to. Now, if you say it's not true, I believe you. But if it is true, maybe you need to look in the mirror, man. Because your fundamentals, look, Detroit, no. Your fundamentals ain't, all, ain't, ain't always there. I mean, you. you you see the post-up move that you can go to. Your, your game hasn't elevated outside of five feet. Um, your free throws have gotten better. But major aspects, scoring aspects, haven't got better. Because if they would have got better, the Pistons would have never let you go. And there wouldn't even be a question about, is he worth, is, is he worth being a part of the team going forward? Even now with the Cavaliers, you're struggling. It seems like Tristan Thompson and, and, and Larry Nance are doing better with you with with than what you're doing. I mean, 13 points, 10 rebounds, and assists are still in the block. Bro, when you was in Detroit, you was averaging 18, 16, 3, 2, and 2. So, Cavaliers are, are just privileged. And until you get somebody in there to let them know that you got to really go through the, if you really want to be successful, you got to really go through the grind. If you ain't got nobody in there telling them that, then it's always going to be like that. I don't care if you bring Phil Jackson in there. If they're privileged and they're not used to somebody telling them nothing, then they're always going to have that attitude. And that's what it's always going to be. You have the greatest coach in the world there. It's some habits that you can't break. Like, I feel like you can't break a privilege at, at um, you can't break that. Because if you've been privileged, you're going to stay privileged. If you've been getting everything, if you if you can whine and complain about everything that you want, guess what you're going to do when you get older? You're going to whine and complain about everything that you want. And when you don't get it, you're going to throw tantrums. And then it's just going to be a whole nother thing that it shouldn't be. So... Look, you you you're lucky, man. You 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 gonna go and be a college coach and, and be successful and, and and be an elite 
program developer and everything is going everything is going to work out for you and i'm not worried about that but cleveland man for y'all to run that man out of there y'all should be ashamed of yourselves let's talk about all-star weekend all-star weekend 2020 let's talk about usa versus world first Miles Bridges won the MVP, and I personally felt that I personally felt that Eric Pascal should have won the MVP, and I felt the only reason that Miles Turner, Miles Turner, I'm sorry, the only reason Miles Bridges won MVP was because of the fact that he threw the he threw the ball off the backboard and he caught the dunk. This is why you can't. For certain aspects of games, you can't let you can't let fans vote because fans fans they just vote off emotion sometimes they, or they do things simply off of emotion. Like let's look at it. I mean, Miles had a good game. He had 25 and five. He shot eight for 12, eight for 12, three for seven for three. Pascal had 23, three point. 23 points, three rebounds, two assists, a steal. He shot 10 of 13 from the field. They run away for three point line. Both of them had a plus minus a plus thirty three. But I, I just feel overall I feel Eric Pascal should have won uh, MVP. That's just my personal opinion. But it was still game overall. Nothing nothing too extravagant about it. Just your regular up and down street ball game that you normally get. Wasn't no rules like it was for the All Star game where you really had legitimate competition for it going forward so um but shout out to miles bridges i think this is this can be the start of something great for him and i'm really looking forward to seeing charlotte in the future man they got cap space their young players are developing i think they can do some great things man i think they can do some great things next saturday night all right so from the skill competition standpoint the big man all of the big men made it to the semis and the finals. Bam Adebayo ended up winning. It, it goes to show you how the big man has elevated it to something greater than what it's always been. You got big men who can, who can, who has skills like point guards or has skills like guards. It's, it's very enlightening to see. I'm, I'm very excited to see the skilled big men that's going to come in. And, dominant type players like you have a power forward leading assist or something like that i'm really looking forward to that the three-point shootout was lit devin booker was out there shooting that thing uh bertans was out there shooting that thing buddy hill was out there shooting that thing i thought i thought devin booker had it i was so happy i was watching it like a like a little girl is anything sounds related y'all know i'm Cheering, cheering my, cheering my little voice off, but Buddy Hill came out, clutched it like a uh, Larry Bird. Ended up winning the three-point shootout, hurt my little heart. I was so hurt. Slam dunk contest. Aaron Gordon got robbed. Okay, well nobody says Aaron Gordon had got robbed. It was a great dunk contest. Great. Pat Connaughton, I felt he got snubbed. That white man came jump dunk was was super dope. I was feeling that. Aaron Gordon got robbed. And certain dunks, like I felt the Dwight Howard dunk. I felt that wasn't a 49. I mean, I understand why he did it. Uh, a tribute to Kobe, but that wasn't a 49. And I felt like I felt the judging was terrible. Like why would you have the wing way as a as a judge contest for somebody who he played with in Miami? You know what I mean? Like I felt like he sabotaged that whole thing. I felt it should have been a tie. I felt it should have been co-slab uh champions because there's no way Aaron Gordon should walk out of that dunk contest as a loser. All of his dunk is fifties except for one and you he loses? How? But at the same token, I did say Derrick Jones Jr. was going to win it, and he won it. So, I feel great about my pick, but Aaron Gordon definitely got robbed. The All-Star Game. I love 
the format for the All-Star game. Love it. Love it. It made the game that much more competitive, and that's all we that's all we want as fans is we want to see a competitive All-Star game. These are the best players in the world. We want to see what happens when they really compete against each other. Who's going to pull it out? Because let's be honest, on the team you have great players, and you have players that maybe are just there because like because they're like energy guys or like they're big and they can take up space. But the the All Star team is the best of the best, the best of the best. And it, it was just it was really good to watch that game and, and really see them guys really out there competing. I called it. I said that they was going to name the Kobe, they was going to name the MVP award after Kobe. Good touch to see Kawhi win the first annual Kobe Bryant MVP award. Good touch. Absolutely loved it. Let's talk that they may continue this format going forward. I absolutely feel that they should continue this because this, it was fun to watch. And I'm looking forward to watching more All-Star games. I'm actually looking forward to going to the, to the All-Star game next year in Indianapolis. I'm really looking forward to that. I hope that everything comes full circle. And I get my get my act together with the show and really start doing some good things and continue to do some good things with the show and everything that we want and we'll be in Indianapolis putting it down at the All-Star game. So now we've covered everything. We covered just about everything that I wanted to cover. Let's talk about Let's talk about the uh, the memorial. Let's talk about the Kobe Bryant memorial service, and then we'll wrap the show up in sixty seconds. So let's talk about Kobe's memorial service real quick. The final goodbye. And that was that was that was, it was a it, it was nice. It was a really nice memorial service. I think everybody did a good job. Everybody did a great job. Um. Beyonce started it off and I hear people giving her flack because she told people not to take pictures of her like it's not about her like why would you want to take pictures it's not about her this is a time to reflect on Kobe like why would you want pictures of her like I felt like that was the the most selfless thing that she could have did because everywhere she go I'm pretty sure she got people wanting to flick pictures of her but it's like no don't take pictures of me like I want to really embark on this moment so don't 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 put the spotlight on me like why are people mad about that come on man y'all got to get it together y'all get mad over the silliest little things but i felt she started it off well and jimmy kimmel he did he did his thing um everybody spoke so well definitely wasn't uh expecting vanessa to get up there and speak um just goes to show you how strong a woman can be even in the time of pain and suffering the fact that she was able to go up there and speak so elegantly and about her husband it was just it was an amazing thing to see now i was really really impressed to see that and he said that he felt he felt sorry for the kids because kobe was there was about to be their coach and he talked about an instance where Gigi was open was wide open and she passed she passed out of her shot and he said she's definitely not listening to her father and i, I felt like that was like the the joke that kind of broke the ice because it was just so it was so sad and it was just like just hearing him talk about you know getting little zingers in about Cole. it was it was a it was a good thing then jordan speaking upon him about the relationship that they that they had and talking about how he was going to be another crying meme Look, Jordan, we understand, man. We understand the big brother, little brother relationship that you have with Kobe. So it's un- it's okay to be the crying meme this time. Heck, it was even okay to be the crying meme when you got accepted to the Hall of Fame, man. Sometimes you just gotta you gotta take gotta take what people uh, dish out to you, man. But uh, it was good to hear Jordan talk, and you never really hear Jordan talk about things in particular. You never really hear him speak about certain things. So to actually hear him speak. It was actually refreshing, and you wish that he would do more of it. Speak on certain things that come about. I feel like he can he can really elegant he he elegantly that. That's not the word I want to use. 
but he can really speak to the point where i mean you can understand exactly where he's coming from so i think he should do more of that what else Rob Palenka talking about the last text that was that he and Kobe shared about a baseball internship for the daughter of one of the victims in the helicopter crash and just recently just found out that she was going to get that internship as maybe as one of Kobe's last wishes which is really really dope so shout out to Scott Boris for doing that for that young girl um then he talked about how he learned a Beethoven something from Beethoven and it was probably one of the hardest pieces that you can learn and he learned it in two weeks just off of off of sound and I'm like man that that man Kobe was something I mean Kobe was something else that man was something something special and the highlight of it all will probably have to be Shaq now me personally like Shaq Shaq is a cool guy I just don't like when he gets in his feelings about certain things on TV. I think he tries to make it too much about him. I don't like the fact that he always wants to throw rings in Barkley's face. And I feel like if he was playing in that era, and you got to think at that one at one point in time, he was stopped by Jordan himself from being able to get rings. So you got to think if he was in the prime, just like in the prime of his career just like Barkley was in the prime of his career when Jordan was in the prime of his career he may not have the same it may not be the same argument he may be just like Charles Barkley without a ring but to hear Shaq talk about an instance where teammates wasn't happy with the fact that he wasn't passing the ball and he went to Kobe and he told him that you know team that team wasn't happy and he said that so Kobe wasn't no I in team. And Kobe said, Yeah, but it's an ME in that blank. And I just found I just thought that was hilarious. And then he went and told <laughs> uh, everybody who's like, look, y'all better get the rebound because he's not passing the ball. And that was just hilarious. Like that. I think that just I, I think that opened it up completely to where it was more you're sad but then you just kind of you kind of when you hear that story it was like man Kobe was a really great guy and he had some really great memories and I'm sure everybody was there had their own individual great moments and they just kind of thought about them as that story was being told and it was like man he was really one of a kind so it was I, I was glad I was able to uh, watch it and, 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 and be and, and have an experience of watching this man because it was it was something that is definitely should have been taken in. All right, let's go ahead and break this show down in sixty seconds. That was a lot to take in. Let's summarize this episode for those who don't know what's going on in sixty seconds. All right, so if I had to break the show down in sixty seconds, I would basically say this. Pistons are going to be trash, but don't worry about their trash because they are going to be nice once it comes together, if they can put it together well. I think they can do it. Stan Van Gundy isn't on the team, so I wouldn't worry about them making the wrong moves or doing anything crazy going forward. Expected to be more candidates on the buyout market. Actually, it may not be that many because you got to be on the team by March 1st to be eligible for the playoff roster, I think. So you might not see that many more buyouts, but the ones they're they're gonna they're gonna help the teams going forward. Cleveland, get your head out your butt. If you need the fundamental training, you need to get it. Rest in peace to Kobe. Rest in peace to all of the other survivors out there. John Beeline, you're gonna be a great coach and you're gonna do very very good things in college. Don't let the Cleveland Cavaliers steer you away. Andre Drummond, you're on your last leg as a 20 plus million dollar. A year athlete. And that's the show, man. And I appreciate y'all rocking out with me. I am Tyrone Smith, Raw 2 exclusive, Hustle Bandit, Sneaker Bandit, 4.9 and Lock Them Up Wrong, Daytona 360, and I'm signing off. And I will holler at y'all. I'ma holler at y'all. I'ma holler at y'all next week, man. I'ma holler at y'all next week. I, I, I promise I'ma holler at y'all next week. I'm getting getting the show together now. So I'ma holler at y'all next week.
tuning in. Follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at Exclusive Breakdown. And if you're looking for bonus content that's not offered anywhere else, check out patreon.com slash exclusive breakdown. Talk to you soon. No, seriously, it's on the calendar. There's no backing out.